1: Well, hello there, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and, of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it's your first time Or it's your, I don't know, 5,000th time. Uh, (laughs) We've, uh, you know, we're in our sixth year here at the Press Zone. It's hard to believe. uh, Six years of weekly coverage of the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate, And uh, Habs prospects in general, that's, of course, just here on the podcast. We've been doing it even longer than that on the website at AHLReport.com. And uh, we're so glad that you're so interested and passionate about your favorite NHL franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, and their future, their their prospects, and their AHL affiliate who is tasked with developing those prospects once they get to the pros pro ranks. So we are so glad that you're here with us today. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to just tap that subscribe button and also hit the share button. Uh, that's the best way that you can help us out here at the show is by sharing our content on your favorite social media platform. It takes just a second to do that. And, uh, we will, uh, will be glad to welcome in your fellow, uh, Habs, friends and fans and family and listeners and so forth uh if you are new to the show my name is amy johnson i'm your host each and every week uh and i'm joined uh i'm I'm joined as well sometimes by our editor-in-chief founder and president here at rocket sports his name is rick stevens he's not joining us this week unfortunately i know we are so sad um we are so sad on the weeks that he's not here. If you missed last week's show, though, he, he was here last week uh, for for a great conversation. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and of course, each and every week we have Patrick Williams joining us on the second segment of the show, the AHL Hot Stove. And so Patrick will be here uh, with us here in uh, in just a little bit in, in segment two of the show today. Um, happy Halloween, by the way. I know it's it's. It's over. It's gone. We're very, are we, are we at the stage that now we're just eating all the candy that's left over? I know I am. I, you know, I even, um, my favorite thing to do is to order candy, like buy Halloween candy starting the day after Halloween, because it all goes on sale. It's like, you know, 50% off. And it's like, well, yes, I wouldn't mind picking up a bag of Reese's peanut butter cups for half the price or you know some snickers or maybe some jolly ranchers or something i don't know um yeah it's uh it, it's it's always a fun holiday happy halloween uh, i hope all of you and your family and friends either enjoyed a uh, a party or went out to uh to trick or treat with the young ones or maybe you were the one handing out candy at home but i hope you had a safe and happy halloween today it's a bit of a spooky first segment. <laughs> it's going along with that theme. It's a bit of a spooky first segment for the Laval Rocket as we uh, as we review their last week of games. They had three games at home last week: one against Belleville, two against Rochester. Uh, and it was a true highs and lows kind of week. So we're going to uh, we're going to catch you up on all the latest action from the Laval Rocket, including some rock uh, some roster moves that they have made. Uh, In the last 24 hours or so. Uh, And then in our second segment, when Patrick joins me for the show uh, for the AHL Hot Stove, we're going to take a deep dive on that trade that the Canadians made with the Chicago Blackhawks last week, bringing in Nicholas Baudin from their AHL affiliate, the Rockford Ice Hogs, in exchange for... Habs prospect Cam Hillis. Uh, Patrick's going to get us all the information that we need on Nick Bodan and and who he is and what his background is as a pro hockey player. Uh, and we're going to talk a bit about uh, you know how he might fit into Laval's lineup uh, and uh, and things of that nature. So it's going to be a very fun show today. Uh, let's first start. With the Laval Rockets performances last week, uh, we know going into the last week's uh, games, they were set to kick off a six-game homestand. So you do the math. I'm not even that strong at math, but I can do this one, that they played three games last week in a six-game homestand. That means they've got three more home games this week. <laughs> um, I'm keeping it easy. I'm keeping it simple on the first day after Halloween, folks. Um, and we know that Coming off of the week prior to that, they had a uh, they had a, a couple of games on the road in Wilkes-Barre and in Bridgeport, and that the, at that the Rocket had lost both of those games, um, and it had put them pretty far down in the standings. So they were coming home. Uh, JF Ulla had been had been noted as saying after that road trip that they were looking forward to coming home for a couple of weeks, getting into a much better and more regular practice schedule. Uh, So that, so that the guys could get some solid practice under their legs uh, before this homestand started and, and yes, playing against Belleville on Wednesday night, who they've, they've seen a number of times already this season Uh, and then playing the Rochester Americans for the first time uh, in, in this season. So Wednesday night uh, came around, Belleville senators came back uh, to town and, and of course, You know, uh, Laval played Belleville once in the preseason and did not win that occasion. Uh, Then they played uh, a home and home series against them in the opening weekend of the season, and Laval lost both of those games as well. Uh, And so, okay, what was going to happen coming off of of two losses on the road? Could Laval find their legs and uh, get in the win column? No, not this time. Although I will give them credit, uh, Laval looked a lot better out of the gate on Wednesday night. Um, in fact, they were the dominant team in the first period of that game. They outshot the Senators 12 to two in the first 20 minutes of the game, um, and and they held Belleville without a shot through half of that period. Um, it they you know Belleville barely got anywhere close to Caden Primo's net uh, in that in that first um, in that first frame. Um, but the power play continues to struggle for the rocket hmm where have I heard oh right uh the Canadians power play is uh is pretty dismal as well well the 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 Rockets power play has not been uh, a whole lot better um and unfortunately that's for a team that uh, has been in the penalty box more often than they'd probably like to admit it's not helping at all, that the other side of their special teams, the power play, isn't generating anything either. Um, and again, penalties came came up in this game. Uh, you know, it's a uh, power play goal against in the second period by Igor Sokolov. Um, and, and you know, Yese Ulanin, Gabriel Bork, Anthony Richard all took penalties right in a row uh and at some point the PK is gonna fail you and uh sure enough uh Belleville was able was able to go up. Um but then Brennan who remember Gignac had been um benched and then scratched over the weekend. So he came back with kind of a resurgence game. He tied the tied the game uh late in the second period and then also scored the go ahead goal in the third period. Things were looking not too bad. Um and unfortunately, the theme of the year is indiscipline and penalties. And despite the fact that they clawed back, they were ahead two to one. Um, and Tori dello takes a closing his hand on the puck penalty, and 19 seconds into that power play, the Senators, uh, Roby uh, Roby Arventi. Scores the equalizer, and then uh, nine seconds left in the game. They're on a power play again. The Belleville Senators. and Rourke Chartier puts it in with nine seconds left to overtime. Uh, it was a disappointing night. It was it was very,, uh, you know, it was it was, I think very deflating for Laval. Uh, It was disappointing to see while they could finally put, you know, that first period, they looked more cohesive. They were pressuring. They were forechecking very hard. They were clogging up the neutral zone. The defense was looking decent. Um, But it's the penalties. The penalties keep killing them. Um, And and even though they had managed to, you know, claw back into it and get ahead, again, the penalties were the thing that really put them on their butts that night. Um, Very unfortunate. So. Uh, that's three games in a row losing. So then they come into Place Bell Friday night to take on the Rochester Americans. Now, keep in mind, Rochester, this is the first time they've seen Rochester this season. And that means it's also the first time that they've faced Rochester since ousting the Amer- Americans from the Calder Cup playoffs last spring when Laval swept the Amherst. Uh, so you knew that it was going to gonna go one of two ways. Rochester was going to struggle against Laval again, or Rochester was going to be looking for some serious revenge. Um, And it ended up actually being the former of the two. It was a really good Friday night for the Laval Rocket. Uh, Rochester looking once again like a team that just can't figure out the Laval Rocket. Rochester has not always played strongly against Laval and that's what they look like on Friday night. It di- while the Rocket ended the first period up 1-0 on uh Peter Abandonado's first goal of the season. It was the second and third periods that uh, Rochester would probably like to never think about ever again because over the course of the third uh, the second and third periods Laval added another 7 goals to their tally. Yes, 7. This game ended eight to one. The Amherst uh, Brendan Byro was able to get on, get the get the Americans on the board in the second period with one goal, but that was it. Uh, Uko Pekalukinin, who has played every single game for the Rochester Americans this season, ended up getting pulled. Uh, I would say after the fifth or sixth goal against, uh, it was pretty late in the game when he finally got yanked. Um, but it was not only eight to one, I mean, a complete route. Uh, they dest- they absolutely destroyed, uh, the Rochester Americans and Bell was, was loving every minute of it, but seven uh, special teams showed up Two power play goals on the night, one shorthanded goal on the night and one, two, three, four, five, six guys managed to score their very first goal of the season. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty impressive. I mean, Peter Abandonado, Jan Meshack, Justin Barron, Xavier Simino, Lucas Candata, Corey Schooneman, uh, all scoring their very first goals of the season. So they were spreading the scoring around. It's what you've wanted to see from the Laval Rocket. It was a very dominant, very, very well put together game where the offense certainly was lighting up. So the losing skids stopped at three games in a row. They got back in the win column. Okay, things are looking up, and they're going to turn around less than 24 hours later, and they're going to face these same Rochester Americans at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, for the first time in probably a week and a half, J.F. Ull actually did not fiddle with his line combinations at all for the last game of the week, that Saturday matinee. Obviously, because, I mean they had a winning combination on Friday night. He finally didn't have to tweak anything. Uh, The only change that was made was because was in goal. And that was because Caden Primo had played Wednesday night and Friday night. So Saturday afternoon, it was Kevin Poulin to get the start. Um, And obviously the Americans had had enough of being steamrolled by the Laval Rocket because they were the ones who came out of the gate Saturday afternoon looking much more aggressive uh, looking much more hungry. I I fear that maybe the Rocket felt that things came so easily to them on Friday night that it could be a repeat effort on Saturday. And they weren't ready for the response that Rochester was going to have to being completely humiliated on Friday night. Um, granted, even though the Americans were the stronger team out of the gate, uh, Laval did get on the board first. Anthony Richard uh, put in a rebound off of a beautiful uh, zone entry by Yase uh skated into the zone cleanly, got over to the slot, put on a really uh, hard shot on t- onto the net. Uh, it was, I should mention, the first game that Lukanen did not start this season for the Rochester Americans. Instead, it was uh, Michael Hauser making his season debut in net. Hauser was able to, to put aside Ulinan's shot, but Anthony Richard was right there to put home the rebound. So the Rocket get on the board first, but then in three minutes after that, this is the first period, in the next three minutes, Rochester scored three times, about a minute apart. Bang, 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 just like that. Isak Rosen, Anders Bjork, and Brendan Byro passing over to uh Linus Weissback Uh so suddenly they find themselves down three to one at the end of the first period. And I think I think the Rocket were a little bit stunned from that. Then they lost William Trudeau, defenseman, uh, after the end of the first period. He did not return for the rest of the game. Uh, although the second period was a lot tighter, um, it was, you know, it, it just, and and even in the third period, Laval tried to to mount a comeback, uh, but eventually, the Americans just kept the foot on the pedal. Uh, they managed to get an empty net goal in there as well, and and they they won with a resounding five to one on Saturday. So nine goals total scored on Friday night uh six goals i mean 15 goals in total in less than 24 hours against these two teams um and that uh is is has kind of been the story of Laval's season is they have flashes where they look good but then they can't put it together for 60 minutes or uh, they sabotage themselves by taking too many penalties so what does that mean for them in terms of the standings well right now they find themselves uh, out of a playoff position, quite frankly, which in this day and age in the American Hockey League is pretty hard to do. Uh, they find themselves in sixth place out of seven in the North Division. Uh, they are 2-5-1 and one on the season. They have five points on the season. That's it. Uh, through eight games played. So they find themselves uh, sixth out of seven in the division. Uh, they find themselves 14th out of 15 in the... The conference in the Eastern Conference and overall uh, in the league, they're way down out of thirty two teams twenty eighth overall. They only have a three thirteen winning percentage, which thankfully, we don't go by winning percentages for standings this year. But uh, it's not looking pretty, folks. It's not looking pretty. um and and we're going to talk to to Patrick Williams a little bit about that in the next in the next segment when he joins us, you know, and and, and talk a bit about, expectations, uh, for the Laval rocket or an AHL team in general, and, and the early goings of a season for an AHL team, particularly when there are teams that struggle out of the gate, but on paper don't look like they should. Uh, we're going to talk about that and examine that here in, in just a few minutes. So the, uh, the Laval rocket will finish their homestand this week with three more games against two teams who they have not played yet this season. And these will be interesting games to watch, I think. Wednesday night and Friday night, both 7 o'clock games, they'll be hosting the Toronto Marlies. We all know that that is uh, a very, very bitter rivalry. Uh, And those are always very fun games, very entertaining games, but could be troublesome games as well if Laval doesn't approach them correctly. So... Facing off against the Toronto Marlies on Wednesday and Friday. And then Saturday afternoon, uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms will visit the uh, Laval Rocket at Place Belt for their only trip to uh quebec for this season uh that will be an interesting game particularly depending on how the two games against toronto goes uh the phantoms have not looked very strong this season uh and so it could be it could be a prime opportunity for the laval rocket on saturday afternoon against the phantoms or they might find themselves up you know with a big upset there so uh, of course as always uh, our AHL report team will have you completely covered both on Twitter at the AHL report and at ahlreport.com with post game uh, recaps uh, detailing all of the game action um, and who knows maybe hopefully next week we'll be able to to report some more wins and some more uh, some more good things I will say this Yes Ulanen has looked strong justin Barron has looked quietly pretty good um matthias norlander has been looking good jan mishak uh the smile on his face could be seen around quebec i think when he when he posted that first goal of the year uh his first truly as a pro hockey player uh in the ahl remember the last time he played for laval it was during the covid shutdown season so he wasn't Technically, you know, he was still technically an OHL player at that point. He was just allowed to play in the AHL that year, uh, so he he was very excited. the The young guns are, are looking uh, are looking good. It's it's actually quite honestly a lot of the veterans who are struggling, um, and I think that's that's a tale unto itself all alone, um, and it is going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, we've we've seen that JF Wool has been shuffling his lines a lot. I imagine. After not changing his lines around on Saturday and getting an absolute drubbing from the Rochester Americans, I imagine he will switch things up again on Wednesday night uh, for the game against Toronto. Um, But he's also had some guys who have just been kind of either scratched a lot or in and out of the lineup. And so we saw a little bit of roster movement this week, a couple of things. Brennan Saulnier, who, speaking of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, most recently played for the Phantoms and their ECHL affiliate, the Reading Royals. Uh, Brennan Saulnier has been watching every game of the Lowell Rocket from the press box. He has been a healthy scratch uh, throughout the entire season so far. And apparently they're not expecting him to enter a game at any point soon because uh, it was announced that he had been sent uh, to Trois-Rivières this week. So he'll start to get some ice time down there in Trois-Rivières. In addition, Pierre-Ric Dubé, uh, forward Pierre-Ric Dubé, has been in and out of the lineup a bit for for Laval. But he was just signed to a one-year, two-way AHL contract by the Laval Rocket this week and then assigned to Trois-Rivieres as well. So they obviously, uh, Laval's obviously pleased with uh, the the work that Pierre-Ric Dubé has put in, but would rather see him down in the ECHL, I guess, getting regular ice time and then just call him up when needed. So they signed him to that one-year, two-way AHL contract. So always uh something to watch and and interesting things going on and we just hope uh we we want to see we want to see some what you know while we want to mostly see development happening uh with laval this year we also do we do want to see a few more wins than what we're seeing currently uh so let's hope that when we come back here next week we've got a few more of those wins to talk about Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of this message from our sponsors over at DraftKings, uh, Patrick Williams will be joining me in the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove. We're going to talk about that trade that Montreal made with the Chicago Blackhawks and take a closer look at Nicholas Bedans. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Press Home podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Now... You know we cover the Habs here, uh. But you know, for me personally, I'm a fan of hockey in general. So I love to use DraftKings Sportsbook, uh. You know, to set up uh kind of some my my favorite picks for for opening weekend and see if we could get some same gay parlays going on. In fact. If it's not enough excitement for you to bet that $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. That's what I like to do. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and, and lots more options for your shot at an even bigger payout. Now, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. I use it. It's so much fun. Uh, And I don't make big bets. I bet like 25 cents at a time. Like, it's, it's very reasonable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimal age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Own Podcast, right here on Rocket Sports Radio, AHLReport.com, dot com, part of rocket sports media and a, and a proud affiliate of the hockey podcast network uh, i mentioned it in the first segment but i uh, just want to remind you again to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already uh follow us on twitter at the ahl report you never want to miss any of our in-game coverage of the laval rocket and other uh prospect related news and, of course, don't forget to share this podcast. Just hit that share button. Pick your favorite social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever the whatever it may be, and just share our content. It's really the best way that you can help us out here at the show uh, because we've got lots of exciting hockey and Habs prospect coverage to talk about this season. We're just getting started, really. Well, we're already into November. Halloween has come and gone. October has come and gone. Hard to believe that, that that's been the case already, but uh, no time like the present to talk a little bit about uh, how the league kind of shaped up uh, in the month of October and touch on some other news and and talk a little bit about a, a trade that the Canadians made uh, this past week that affects uh, the Laval Rocket, so it is time once again for the AHL Hot Stove right here on the Press Zone, and I'd love to welcome back to the show, Mr. Patrick Williams. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? All right. Thanks. Um, let's uh, let's start with uh, Laval and the the deal that uh, the Canadians and the and the Chicago Blackhawks made last week. Um, There's a couple of things that happened, actually. Uh, You know, the trade happened where, of course, we saw uh, Montreal trade away Cam Hillis, uh, one of their prospects, uh, who for the last two seasons has been forced to kind of start the season down in the ECHL with trois Riviere. He's he's struggled to get into the AHL lineup on a consistent basis. Uh, And in return for that, from Chicago, they they got a defenseman, uh, Nicholas Baudin from the Chicago Blackhawks, who has spent most of his time playing, uh, in Rockford, uh, has a bit of, he's a former first rounder, a bit of NHL experience, uh, not a whole lot, but a bit of NHL experience. Um, and then, you know, within an hour after that, Laval had made an AHL deal with Rockford, uh, to, to bring another forward, uh, into the fold and, and Riley McKay was sent to, um, Trois-Rivier right away, kind of almost like Cam Hillis's replacement in in Tuohy on on the surface. So Patrick, let's let's kind of unpack this a little bit. And and first, I guess, can you tell us a bit about who Nicholas Baudin is, uh, and and what kind of player it was that Ken Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens went out and acquired?
0: Yeah, Nick, Nick uh, Baudin Bodan uh, was. I I would call him one of the first sort of real players where you see the effects of the pandemic season Mm. and kind of the general disruption that even spilled over into last season um, that for my money really kind of stalled a player's progression. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was when that deal went down, that was my first, my first real thought. Like here's a player, he came in his first season first round pick, he, he he was hanging in there, right? Like, which for a first year defenseman in this league, I think you'll take that. And then the pandemic hit uh, late in his rookie season. And then the following season, he actually got a little bit of a, a time with the Blackhawks, but that was only 19 games. And then the AHL that year obviously was somewhat disarray. Mm-hmm. Um, schedule, you know, if, You know, people recall the schedules that year, especially in the HL, were just chaotic. So there wasn't just that natural, normal time to develop a player. The the standard Friday-Saturday schedule, you know, and you use the first three, four days of the week for practice, right? It was just, Mm -hmm. games were all over the place. It was just a very disruptive season. Last year starts... Um, I thought last year was where he finally really started to plateau. Okay. And, and you see that sometimes, right, with a player that has been in the NHL and then comes back to the AHL. Um, I found that he struggles with the AHL game as a defenseman, mm. perhaps even more than in the NHL. And he's one of those cases where just the nature of the AHL game, where it's it's scrambly, uh, guys a little are little slower. A little slower in some ways. I mean, he's your prototypical modern defenseman. uh, Fast, excellent passer, um, but he's on the small side. He's five eleven, and you know, depending on who you believe in terms of numbers, um, south of one hundred and eighty pounds. So, okay, yeah. So, and some guys can make it make make it work. But obviously that's, that's a, you know, much more difficult challenge for, for a player. That's something that they're going to have to overcome with, you know, either, you know, being able to think the game better, being able to somehow um, avoid situations where they have to muscle for the puck, you know, board battles, that sort of thing. And if you can do that, great. If, If you can't, that's where you start to get into trouble and, you know, I would say also that Rockford, you know, Derek Kane was the head coach his first year, you know, two years. Anders Sorensen came in last year, so there, you know, that was a mid-season change. So there's another bit of disruption. They um, just haven't had a lot of stability mm-hmm. in that situation. And amid all that, he got caught up in the middle of a rebuild, and he was part of the previous regimes draft class. Right. So he was part of the Stan Bowman draft class. Now the the whole new regime that came in last year, you know, they have, you know, he's not their guy and that for a lot of players puts you at a disadvantage. And he also got caught in the mix uh, of a lot of other young defensemen who can kind of do the same thing that he does. Isaac Phillips, uh, Alec Regula, uh, Alec Vlasic. uh, um, They have a few more guys you know, ready to come up to the pro game next year. So uh, just, you know, he was kind of, in some ways, I guess, redundant in that sense. Um, and he just hadn't shown the progression that they wanted to see. And so, you know, it's not, I think, obviously what you plan for when you take somebody 27th overall
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: draft and, you know, you view them as an important part of your future. And now, Four years later you're you know trading them away for you know and i like cam hillis but he's he was a player that was in the echl so um and certainly not what i think you know you would have envisioned if you're the chicago blackhawks but at this stage i think for him it is a fresh opportunity um now as we know that the the Laval Blue Line is a little bit crowded.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question for you. So, okay, okay, great. They they for whatever reason they've traded away Cam Ellis, and we can talk about that a little bit uh, more in a minute. But but they bring in a defenseman, which is probably the one area in their in their depth that they're already pretty well stocked. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, how do you see a guy like Nicholas Bodin? fitting in when when there's a ton of young prospects on the blue line for LaValle?
0: Well, uh, that that's a challenge. And he's a lefty. Uh, they also already have, I believe, four other lefties in their in their rotation there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do think he will get much better look just given his, you know, his pedigree. And um, I think also, as we all know, like, you know, depth in October can quickly dwindle by December. True. And, you know, by December, you're putting a patchwork lineup together. So um, I think in that sense, I think if the opportunity is not there right away, we'll certainly be there at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I did find it interesting he's the second first round pick defenseman that the Canadians have acquired in the past six months or so. Right. You know, Justin Barron obviously came over from Colorado. Right. Um, obviously a different situation. He was a rookie. He was, uh, you know, Colorado was, was very high on him. Um, so it, it's interesting to see that, uh, they're taking on some other, you know, in a sense, they're adding first round picks. Now, you know, I think in a redraft boat wouldn't be a first round pick anymore, but it, it the, There is still the potential there. He's definitely an offensive defenseman. Certainly put up big numbers in junior. That did not translate in the pro game, I think, again, because um, the size was an issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it will be interesting to see um, where that goes. Uh, But I think, you know, given the price, uh, clearly the the halves were not taken by Cam Hillis. For reasons i don't completely understand um so if that's the case then you know for a player that you don't have uh that you don't value very highly i think this is a good opportunity to take on a player that you know is at this stage definitely a major question mark but if you feel that you can start to pick apart his game and rebuild it and get him at least some semblance of what his original potential was expected to be then i think then you would make that deal so i think that's sort of what the haves are thinking um what i can gather
1: and i think i tell me if you agree or or if or if you disagree but i think this is also a a real good I, i think this is a best case scenario for cam hillis as well um to, Mm -hmm. to, to maybe, you know, go to Rockford and get a fresh start with some fresh eyes on him and an organization that, you know, that isn't, you know, it's, it's been pretty obvious for the last couple of seasons that Cam Hillis just wasn't part of Montreal's plans uh, moving forward. And so they, they didn't seem to invest a whole lot into giving him opportunities um, to advance himself and his game. So, so do you feel that this could also be a, a very positive move for Cam Hillis as well?
0: Yeah, because I don't feel he needs to be in the UCHL. Um, no,
1: I don't think so either. I don't
0: think that's benefiting him in any way at this stage. Um, he's another player. Like, you can make the argument that he was somewhat impacted by the whole pandemic season and mm-hmm. just the chaos of that. And the, I mean, you know, lineups were changing night to night. I mean, there was no consistency at all. I mean, you know. Lines were all over the place. I mean, you know, players would show up expecting to play that night. Then they didn't pass the COVID test. I mean, there's just so much that a rookie that year had going against them. Right. And, you know, I'll be interested to see maybe four or five years out from that season, kind of we'll get a better sense of how everything shook out and. I won't be surprised to see a lot of players in a similar boat that, 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 that first season or two just really threw them off and they were never able to quite get back, you know, on track. Mm-hmm. Remember two, you always have a whole nother class coming in behind you, um, a fresh prospect. So, um, there's a lot working against Cam I thought. And, uh, you know, I think for him, this was definitely, uh, this is a, a great opportunity. Uh, Rockford certainly um, is a place where you know, w- with the Blackhawks in a full rebuild, uh, there is going to be a lot of opportunity both at the NHL and the AHL levels uh, to kind of get your game going. So, um, you know, I think I think for him, he would certainly welcome this move.
1: Well, before we uh, before we move to our next topic, which is actually going to uh, involve a different. Rockford Ice Hog player, um, spoke quite in depth in the first segment about uh, Laval's games uh, last last week, um, including of course the back-to-back against Rochester, which saw them go. With an eight-one victory on Friday night and turn around and, and lose five to one, uh, the next day uh, against a team who was starting a goaltender who hadn't had a start yet this season in the AHL. Uh, is there anything regarding uh, Laval's play last week that you just wanted to chime in on, or what what you've seen over? You know, you watch a lot of AHL hockey all across the league, and so it's always interesting to get your perspective on what you're seeing, uh, from this from from this latest couple of outings from Laval.
0: Yeah, they're kind of in the boat with uh, a number of other teams where they just don't have it together yet. Um, You can see that. um, I do find it a little bit interesting because they did bring back at least a fair number of players by HL standards, um, you know, from last season. I mean, you know, relatively speaking. Um, So to sort of see them struggling to piece it all together is a little bit surprising in that regard. But on the other hand, this is the AHL. This is a league where um, players are inconsistent by nature. If if they weren't inconsistent, they'd be in the NHL. And so um, that kind of goes double. In the first I generally try to not. I try to not read too much into a team before, let's say, like December, the mm-hmm. start of December, right. typically. Uh, I just have seen too many teams finally figure things out and then December onward they really put it together and then you know they're you know two different teams mm-hmm. um I think the main the main thing for for October and November is to not get yourself too far behind the standings um I think that's less of an issue now with you know 23 teams making the playoffs um, you have to be you have to be pretty bad now to I make the playoffs <laughs> um so so that that I think does alleviate some of that pressure uh but you know it's a well two five and one I'm gonna call it two and six start right um that's not good I mean that's not by any standard that's that's a bad start um in a division that's uh, there are a lot of teams kind of in a similar situation uh Rochester I think would be a good comparable for Laval Mm-hmm. Um, team that also brought back a fair number of players from last year uh, and they've been up and down themselves I mean they they were also a team that you know they got beat 8-1 um, <laughs> like 18 hours earlier so that's you, right. know, you know so they're a team that's probably going back and kind of uh, coaching staff in Rochester Seth Appert uh, is probably scratching his head you know wondering like alright you know what is, what is this team about what do I have here so this is the kind of year, This is the time of the year where AHL coaches, um, it, it can be kind of just a aggravating time of year. What watching, you know, the inconsistency. Um, I think it is also a reason why the league, by design, tends to jam a lot more games into the second half because this this early part of the season, coaches want to they want to have as much practice time as possible. And we saw that, you know, f- with Henderson for example, uh, they're another team. They're off to a two and six start as well. Uh, there's no reason on paper that it should be a two and six team, but they mm-hmm. they had a situation where they had four games in the first full week of the season, um, which that's a lot. Is, that's a lot to <laughs> deal with. Um, that's a lot. You know, when you're dealing with uh, players coming in, I mean, you're bringing in rookies, you're bringing in players from Europe. You're bringing in different veterans from the AHL, trying to get them all on the same page, uh, build some cohesion, and then the schedule throws four games at you in um, a span of, I believe, it was six nights, um, which that's just a lot to handle, you know, especially the first full week of the season. So, yeah, um, they're a two and six team on paper uh, right now, but uh, you know they're a team that should not be two and six and You know San Diego a couple years ago, Kevin Deneen's first season, they were zero and six to start the season, and they were another team that had no business being an zero and six team. They actually they managed to turn around and go on a big tear um, in the second half. But um, this is this can be a dicey time of the year for teams, yeah. um, Where if you have still some loose ends and some things that aren't quite tied down yet. Um, it can get away from you pretty fast and uh if the schedule's not your your friend and it's a little bit heavier than than you'd like it to be this month, it can definitely put you behind. um now, like I said, you know, the beauty of the HL is that it's pretty hard to miss the playoffs so <laughs> that, that is true
1: and and yeah. and you know, for Laval, they've got, uh, what might be their only three and three coming up this month? It's on the road, um, where they play in Utica on Friday night. They play in Lehigh Valley on Saturday night, and then they play in Hershey on Friday eve, early uh, early evening, five o'clock game. So Sunday evening, Sunday evening, yeah. Um, so and they've as opposed to just Northern Division. Opponents this month, you know, yes, they've got the Toronto's, but they've got and Utica's, but they've got Lehigh Valley, they've got Cleveland, they've got Abbotsford, they've got Hershey, uh, so they've got a bit of a mix uh coming mm-hmm. up this month. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, you know, as we've as we've said, we you know, obviously we were hoping to see a good focus on development and and prospects. Um, and less about results perhaps this year but at the same token you'd like them to see them at least at kind of like that 500 level <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you know where where they are winning at least half the time that they're playing um so we'll see we'll see how they we'll see how they do this this coming month it should be it should be really interesting
0: yeah and part of that too for you know you know in terms of winning is just you don't want young players especially kind of getting you know you know, that confidence level get hit hard early in their, you know, their first pro season, for example, or Mm -hmm. so that that's, that's where, well, that's where you really rely on your vets to kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting early in the season, especially um, so that, you know, young players mistakes, which are going to happen um, aren't, they aren't causing losses. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's a lot easier for a young player to get past mistake if it's not resulting in a loss. But uh, you know, so you wanna keep you do want to keep a positive environment. So that's always where that that that, that the balance is tricky. Right. You know? And, you know, that's where eventually if 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 it if all goes well, that's where, you know, mid season or so the veterans can start to hand off some of that responsibility, that ice time to, to some of the younger players uh, as they start to come into their own. So ideally that's how it works. Now reality tends to this league, especially, be somewhat different, um, but uh, that's generally kind of the the recipe.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, before we before we let you go, we of course want to take a peek in at this week's official AHL Player of the Week, determined by the league, and it is uh, we're going back to the Rockford IceHogs again for uh, forward David Gust who has been selected as the AHL's Player of the Week uh, in two games this weekend. Uh, he be- managed to uh, earn himself seven points with two goals and five assists. Um, Patrick, can you tell us a little bit about David Gust?
0: Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he made an impact against his former team, the Chicago Wolves. Um, he played there the past two seasons. He won a Calder Cup uh, last year with the team. Um, that Chicago team was so loaded. that that to some extent he was i wouldn't call part of a supporting cast but he wasn't kind of the main the main cast in chicago he signed with rockford um he's a chicago area native so now he gets to play for the blackhawks uh, affiliate which is that's always a nice little story and uh now he's he's definitely counted on to be one of the, uh, the main producers in that Rockford lineup, Uh, 28 year veteran year old veteran. Um, He, um, you know, kind of a real solid player uh, traditionally uh, in his game. So this uh, little bit of explosion uh, offensively is, it's been interesting to see, especially for a player at this age. Um, Generally they don't tend to work that way. Now maybe this is just a little bit of a hot streak, but um, you know, like he had three points on opening night, uh, you know, so uh, he's he's put himself together a nice little season here. And, uh, you know, Raptors are going to need it, right? Like they're a team that throughout the course of the season, there's going to definitely be a lot of call-ups and, and, and auditions with, with the parent team, with that team uh, you're going through um, a rebuild uh, where you want – you want some stability in the Rockford lineup. He's a player that can provide that. So, um, great, great opportunity for him in that regard. Um, um, certainly I think if you're, if you're the Blackhawks and if you're Rockford, uh, this is exactly what you want your veterans to do, especially early in the season. Um, carry a lot of that weight. So, uh, you know, it's tied for second in the league in scoring now, um, nice place for him to be, um, you know, for a player that, you know, traditionally is kind of, uh, you know, gotten a little bit under the radar, a little bit, uh, um, not quite gotten you know full attention. Now he's he's kind mm-hmm. of getting now he's being counted on to kind of be one of the guys in Rockford, and uh, it's a you know real credit to him. He's he's put together a nice little career for himself. Uh, now it's starting to you know pay off for him.
1: Excellent. Well, Patrick, we appreciate uh, that you're here with us on the press zone on the AHL hot stove each and every week because you are able to tell us about not only give us, you know, the background of, of these, these guys who earn the player of the week, uh, nods, but also when there's trades that happen, like Nicholas Boudin coming in, and uh, since your finger is really on the pulse of everything going on around the league, uh, it's great to have you as a resource to kind of fill us in and uh, let us know what to expect. So, thank you, as always, for being here, uh, and I look forward to having you back next week. Well, thank you thanks once again to patrick williams for joining me for another edition of the ahl hot stove it's great to have patrick on the show each and every week this season uh last year he was with us every other week but you know uh, our fans spoke we listened they said we want to hear more patrick williams because he is such a wealth of knowledge about the american hockey league and uh, we were able to to have him agree to come on the show with us every week, and uh, we're so glad to have him. If you're not following him on Twitter already, please do so at P Williams, A H L. Um, and really, if uh, if you're also not following and subscribe to our sister podcast, our flagship podcast, that's the Canadians Connection podcast. It comes out every Saturday, completely focused. on on the montreal canadians and that is hosted by none other than rick stevens and michael spinella then be sure you do that head over to canadiansconnection.fm and just hit the subscribe button you definitely don't want to ever miss an episode of that uh always always great analysis uh lots of news to catch up on uh they have great topics that they discuss um and I even get to uh, hop in every once in a while and guest host or hop in for a fun uh, exclusive interview or so forth and maybe that'll be happening soon, we don't know. Uh, But you don't wanna miss an episode, that is for sure. Uh, Also, if you are a fan of watching content on YouTube, well, have you then subscribed to our YouTube channel? If you haven't, shame on you. You should go right away and do that. You can find us at youtube.com slash all uh, There I host a weekly show called Habs Hockey Report every Thursday. We cover the Canadians. We cover the Laval Rocket. And we have a lot of fan interaction. We have a whole segment that is dedicated to fans, to Habs fans, to hockey fans. And hearing from you and making your voice heard and letting you have your say. So uh, be sure to subscribe over there, youtube.com slash allhabs, and also visit allhabs.net uh, each and every day just to check out the latest tabs, headlines, and notepads, and and game recaps and previews, uh, the team at allhabs.net. There's also been some great features lately uh, by Adam and Gustav. So uh, be sure that you check out allhabs.net If you're already subscribed to the show, then I won't need to remind you, but just in case, come back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.